All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to the Magic Table. We're glad you're here. Um, yeah. So I, I guess we, we've been talking a little bit, and, like, this pandemic's been going on since, like, March, like, in earnest, right, like, in, in America. And I feel like we've reached this point where everybody assumes that, like, they should now be okay. Like, it feels like it's over, and if, like, you're not okay by now, like, you know, you're not doing it right. Would you agree with that? I would totally... So one of my talking points. <laughs> okay. Well, did, I mean, you see people professionally, right? And so. Yes. I mean, is there this sense that people have that like, I'm not okay, but that's not okay? Okay. Absolutely. I feel like well, so many of these episodes feel like we're on soapboxes, but today in particular, I get to get on my soapbox about just the importance of mental health. But um, I do think that this has been going on for such a long time, or it feels like such a long time. It, well, and I think that's kind of coupled with, right, life is like trying to return to some right. semblance some of normal. normalcy. Yes. Which and, isn't normalcy at all, I guess. Right. But your kids are going back to school in some capacity. You may have returned to work after months at home. There, you know, your church may be meeting outside or inside, not on Zoom anymore. You might be gathering with people in a different way. And so there is this sense that life is returning to some version of normal and that you should be okay because of that. And I have really been struggling in the work that I do of like helping people um, just understand that it's okay that they're not okay. Right. And on a recent episode of Pantsuit Politics, Beth gave language to, you know, we're, we have less emotional capacity than we did in March. Mm-hmm. And yet we are trying to produce more from that. And it was an aha moment for me and something I've referenced repeatedly with clients because I think it's so true. We are weary. We're um, emotionally spent. And yet we're, we're at a place that we're feeling like we need to show up as our whole best self. Right. And that's so unrealistic. And so what I'm seeing, and I'll just preface with Everything I share is anecdotal. It's not research-based by any means. But what I'm seeing is a lot of people now are feeling guilt and shame because they're seeing, you know, their friend decorated their house for Halloween and took their kids to the pumpkin patch and is making memories. And you may feel like, I just fed my kids today and they're all alive. Survival is like the uh, the level that we have to make right now. Right. And so I think... You know, you can start looking around right now at how other people are functioning and start to feel like I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it bad. And I think a lot of people are having a lot of guilt and shame because they just don't have it together and they're still in survival mode. And at least in the work that I do, I keep affirming you are still in survival mode. Right. And it's really, really hard to be in that place. And so be gracious and kind to yourself. Yeah, because at some point it just feels like like survival mode is only sustainable for so long, right? I mean, like, 
like there's just that uh, fatigue that comes after being in survival mode for so long, you know? Yes. And I think most people are living in that fatigue. And I think for me, part of the, the big thing that people need to acknowledge to like, is just that we are in fatigue, like, and to not pretend that you have it all together or acknowledge, like, I had a really productive, awesome day. And if the next day you accomplish nothing, like that's also okay. And so, you know, I think we're all at this place of like, yes, there's weariness, there's fatigue. And we still have like really beautiful days and great days that we accomplish the things we feel we need to accomplish. And so I think there's just this, it's a place of saying like, I'm acknowledging the really good days and giving myself grace on the days where life isn't so good. And I think under normal circumstances, we can do that pretty well. Right. But with just where we're at as people, that's much harder to do. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, yesterday I was just, I think I, I'm burnt out, to be honest with you. And I've gone through like different like stages of burnout. But usually I'm somebody who can accomplish a lot of stuff, like in a very short amount of time. That's just my personality. And I like being that guy. You know, and so to um, admit that I'm burnt out and have to stop is like really hard for me to do. But like just that I just don't want to do anything like I have so many emails from so many people that want me to respond immediately. I I just can't. So I don't do anything, you know, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's probably where a lot of people are at and not like Mm -hmm. sort of able to put words to some of those experiences. Absolutely. And I think, again, it goes back to that emotional capacity of, and like it is, I think, a roller coaster that you ride with burnout, but I think I'm using you as an example. That's fine. Um, But just that, that it's coming up more quickly because you're, you don't have the same places to refresh yourself that you did. So you're saying I hit burnout more quickly than I did before because I don't like, don't have as much coping space. Ah. Okay, that makes sense. Welcome to therapy with JJ. (laughs) Right. And I think, too, there's like, right, there's all sorts of different stressors that are going on. And um, so, I mean, I think, like, in this idea of acknowledging that we're in a hard place, I think people are feeling really bad about that. And so, So much, I think, of what's important is, like, naming those feelings. Like, if you think about what has happened since March, most people have had a loss of connection to their community, to their family. That is hard. So you may be navigating this crisis as a nuclear family where maybe you had a much larger support system previously. You might be working from home and not have childcare. You might be working from home and doing e-learning. You might be working from home and just missing, like getting up, showering, getting dressed in real clothes, and just the normalcy that that brought. You know, a lot of people are um, experiencing a loss of security, whether that is financial security, job security. Like there is, you know, it doesn't feel great to not feel secure. And I think, right, the reality is we never actually have the control that we think. But right now, 
you know, so many people are losing jobs. They're losing sources of income. There is a loss, and that is like one of the things that is adding to people's stress. If you have kids who are in school, whether you're homeschooling, hybrid, e-learning all day, navigating that is challenging. And you probably have feelings like even if you made the choice that you feel was best for your family, there have been consequences probably from that of how that's impacted your kids, your family. Maybe that choice wasn't made for you. The school district made that. Another stressor that you're feeling, um, kind of what we were just talking about, most people are having, have had a loss of their healthy outlets. You can't go grab coffee with a friend the way you used to. You can't likely go to the gym and work out the way you used to. You, so many of the ways that so many of us knew how to cope have been taken from us. And so, again, when you are at that limited emotional capacity, who wants to, you know, learn a new skill, a new coping strategy? And, you know, early on in the pandemic, there was that whole joke about, like, everybody's making bread. <laughs> right, right. Um, but the reality is, at this point in the pandemic, you're probably not thinking, like, how could I learn a new skill? Yeah, who has the energy to even, like, learn a new coping skill? And, right. Yeah. And right. so, like... All of those things are like sitting over you and are heavy. You add the political climate, no matter where you are on the spectrum. There are a lot of emotions and feelings about the coming election. It seems like the only thing we know how to talk about anymore is the election. Because it's so ubiquitous. Yes, or COVID. And, um, you know, and it's really hard when you are maybe finally with a friend you know, people aren't doing things like they used to. And right. so you come together and it's like, what do we talk about? What has happened? And you find yourself falling back into these same conversations that you don't necessarily want to have. Um, and then I think something else that um, I'm talking a lot with my clients about is also the weirdness of with more openness. How are you navigating these social relationships. You know, it's all these weird texts that I never envisioned sending to friends of, well, we're going to be outside because that feels safe. Would you like us to wear masks outside? Will you plan to wear a mask out? You know, navigating this and it all feels very tricky because we want to create welcoming environments. We want people to feel comfortable and just having conversations with people that I never dreamed I would be having about our, you know, possibly different ways of viewing what's happening is another challenge. And I think those are kind of all the big things that are going on. But I think it's important to talk about that because those things give us permission to not be okay, right? Like, I feel like there is so much pressure to be okay and like to put on a happy face and to you know, make beautiful pictures on Instagram or something. And we need the excuses to not be okay. Absolutely. And it sounds really strange, but I feel like with so many of the people I'm working with right now, I have to keep reminding them, like, not only are these things happening in the world, but this is what's happened in your family. Like, it's okay that you're feeling anxious. 
because X, Y, and Z has happened under a global pandemic. Right. And, you know, I think even things like, you know, people have lost loved ones during this and they haven't been able to grieve or move forward in a way that they traditionally would. That's really challenging. You know, there I've talked to so many people who maybe a dear friend or family member has had like to be transferred for a job during this time. And you're not able to like say goodbye and transition in the way that you typically would. Or maybe you were anticipating sending a kid to college and that's not the case. And so even within all of this going on, there's a lot of grief and loss. And I think we don't think about like, right, we think of death as a loss, but there's also loss of relationship that's happening within this or even griefs of, you know, my senior didn't get to walk and I know that's a silly thing. And affirming to parents like it, that's still hard. They didn't get to go to prom or maybe now they're entering their senior year knowing it's going to look different or they've dreamed of going to this, their college and they're not having that experience. And so I think part of it is naming either for yourself or in a therapeutic setting. Like there's a lot of grief and loss going on um, just within all of this. And so, you know, amidst all the things that we're talking about, there's still all the hard things happening in the world of ending relationships, people getting sick, like all the things. And so I think we like to have this mindset that we're strong and we can tackle anything. And then it's really hard to say like, I'm not doing well. I'm having a hard time. And so I guess my hope is if you're listening and you find yourself in that space that, that you would be attuned to that feeling and, you know, use some of the stuff we'll talk about to kind of move, move yourself forward. Yeah. I think that permission like yesterday, right. Um, you know, you were working, I had the kids solo and I like, just didn't have it. Like I was not, there was no fun dad left in me, you know? And so that gave me permission to like, let them watch a little more TV, even though like I wasn't being super dad. And like that normally I feel really guilty about that stuff, but I feel like the, the permission to not be okay lets us take care of ourselves in better ways. Is that true? I think that's okay. true. Okay. Um, and, and I think it's also really important to just acknowledge, like this is also for a season. Like I, I hope at some point we all move to a place of being okay. And I think we've all felt not okay for so long that we're starting to feel guilty about that and yeah. that it's still okay. Like if our kids eat hot dogs for dinner for a whole week, like we're all going to be okay. Right. Right. And that's not Instagram pretty, but they're being fed. It's something that they like. Like we're all winning. Right. And so I think some of it is just even finding those little wins um, for ourselves. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So how do you talk to people about how they can protect their mental health, even in these times? Well, can I do a quick caveat about yeah. kids? Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing an increase in kids that I see. 
And um, I think the likelihood of if you're a parent and listening, you may be noticing different behaviors in your children. What I keep telling parents is just imagine if you're really struggling with what's going on right now. Your life has been totally upended and turned on its head and you have a fully developed brain. You have coping skills. You have a support network. Now imagine how your six-year-old feels. Mm, yeah. Imagine how your eight-year-old feels, your 12-year-old. And so if you are seeing things in your kid that feel different or off, it's probably because their world has been turned upside down. And so, right, I think it's giving your kids time to process that if they're a processor. It's helping your kids, you know, if they need to stay connected, how do you do that in a way that feels safe to your family? Are there other families following similar guidelines that your kids could have a play date? Do they need to FaceTime a cousin? Do they need, like, what do your kids need? And then helping them get what they need. I think the other really important thing is your kid might need to go to therapy right now. Right. And in giving permission, that does not mean that you're a bad parent. That doesn't mean that you're failing your child. It just means that they're walking through something really challenging and they may need a person outside of your family to process that with. And I think, especially for moms, there is a lot of guilt and shame around sending a kid to therapy because it feels as though you have failed them in some capacity. And the way I like to affirm parents is you're actually being an incredible parent because you're saying, my child needs something that I can't give them and I would like to help them find that. And so, I mean, I think the same is like, it's the same thing for adults, but like if your kid, like if you thought your kid had strep, you would take them to right, a doctor right. and you wouldn't bat an eye about it because that's what we need. But somehow mental health still has this stigma that there's something wrong with them or something wrong with you. And so I think like right now, I think therapy is always great for kids if they need it. But I also think this may just be a short term pandemic thing. It might even be to just a short time to help them learn some skills. Um, but I think it's really important as parents or teachers or aunts or grandparents, whatever your role is with children, just to acknowledge right now is really hard for kids. Right. And so we need to be extending like grace and compassion to them as well, because I mean, they just don't get it. We were even last night, we were hanging out with bro bro watching a show and he literally looked up at me and he said, when is coronavirus going to be over? <laughs> like he's not even four. Right. And he's articulate like to me, what that articulates is like, when is life going to be back to normal? Right. Um, and so I'm like, gosh, if my four year old, almost four year old can feel this like unsettledness, lots of people are feeling yeah. that. And so I love that link to physical health and mental health. Cause I feel like those two like get chopped off somehow, like somehow taking care of our physical health means eating right. It means exercising. It means, you know, A, B, and C. Like we all know that, like how to take care of ourselves physically doing it much, much more difficult, especially <laughs> in a pandemic, but we don't have that same view towards our mental health, right. And how we approach mental health. It's not like we're trying to keep ourselves mentally healthy and we're doing things to 
facilitate our mental health. It's just assumed that we should be fine. Like mental health should be fine or else like there's something like we're bad. There's something wrong with us. You know what I mean? And so I think acknowledging that we have a role to play in, in maintaining our physical and mental health as well as, as well as, well as spiritual, you know, too, but just acknowledging that, that even in, even in now, like taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health is, is building, building the muscles and, and strengthening those things so that, that you're more resilient, like down the road. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So kind of moving forward to like, where do you go from here? And so I really do think like the first, the first step is just acknowledging like things are off for me. And I think I, it sounds silly, but I think we want to present ourselves always in a positive light. And there, it can feel really weak to say, I need help. I'm not okay. But when you're able to acknowledge that, it's kind of like bringing something that has been in the dark and bringing that to light. And so I think it's really, I, I believe that when we bring those things from darkness into light, they lose their power. Yeah. They're not hidden. And, and there's like, there can often be a subtle shift of feeling like we're more in control because we're not trying to push this thing to the back and, right. and keep it hidden, but we're bringing it forward and saying, I'm acknowledging that this thing is real. And I think it's like a tiny step, but it loses power. And I think that's really important. Um, but then it's, how do you care for yourself? Um, I, I think if you find yourself struggling, I would really encourage you to, um, you know, spend the next week being mindful about how you speak to yourself Hmm. and what kind of language do you use? Are you positive? Are you uplifting? Are you pretty negative and, um, self-deprecating? And then uh, what, what I often tell clients is talk to yourself the way you would to your best friend. Would you tell your best friend, like, why can't you get your stuff together? Right. Oh, that's good. Why can't you, you know, be the Pinterest mom? Why can't you be more creative in your meal planning? That's never how you would talk to a dear friend. And so why do we allow that same language Mm -hmm. towards ourselves? And um, I think it's really important to kind of make that shift from like, why can't you be more creative with meal planning to I'm really proud that you fed your kids three meals today. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, why can't I be more productive at work and saying like, I gave all that I had at work today and I'll accept that. Um, And so I just think that voice with which we speak to ourselves is really important pandemic or no pandemic um (laughs) all of my people right now would tell you the thing we talk about is lowering expectations and self-care every week and so um especially my families with school-age kids or kid I guess even middle school high school you know say October where would your bar normally be for your family, what you're capable of, what your children are capable of? Take that bar 
and lower it a bit and then lower it a second time, potentially a third, and set that bar for your family. Because I think a lot of people are still not only trying to keep themselves at the same pace, but their kids, their spouse, kind of all moving towards like, well, this is what we do at this time of year. And so we're going to keep doing all the things and just acknowledging like, you know what? 2020 is a weird year. And so we need to set different expectations for our family. Like even for us, I would say, like typically our kids would both be in an activity. There there would be more things in our life. And we've just chosen for the fall to step away from all of those things because we didn't feel like we'd be healthy as a family if we did that. I know that's not everybody's choice. But just to say, like, we know we're not 100%. And so we're going to cut back anything that we can because that's what we need to function. Right. right. And so there is no shame in that. Um, and then I think just have grace everywhere you go with all the people. And just to remember, like, there are people all around you who are struggling. And maybe it's because all the things that are happening in the world. But then maybe personally they have something going on. And I find, like, just in general, whether you're at the store or driving, like, People are on edge. And so just to like keep this mindfulness of like, we're all on edge. I need to have deep breaths. I need to be calm because the world around me is chaotic. And so like, how do I not add to the chaos? And I think like all the things mentioned, some days you're going to have great days. Some days you're not. Um, But just that kind of extending grace wherever you're going. I think... Uh, setting healthy rhythms for yourself is also good. Something like we've recently been working on is just like having a bedtime. It's a rhythm we used to have. We, and then we were like, it's a pandemic. We can stay up till 1am every night. Like it's so hard to go to bed though. Cause you're like, Oh, just forgetting my problems and watching parks and rec is like really wonderful right now. Right. And so like part of that is just, you know, setting a really healthy rhythm. And and what does that look like for you? Like, even for me, I'm eating breakfast every morning, which is like a new pattern, but I just function better, like doing school with the kids and stuff if I'm not hungry. Very, like, these are not like huge life altering rhythms. These are like, what little basic tweaks can you give to your life to kind of give structure and set you up for a successful day? Um, and so, yeah, I think those are all things to kind of look at moving forward. Yeah, that's good. So specific self-care. Yeah. Well, I just think, I think right now, especially it's easy to talk about self-care. It's hard to walk somebody through what that might look like. You know what I mean? Just because we, like we've talked about all these like structures that we had are like kaput, you know? And so how do we get creative about self-care and find new ways to care for ourselves, but that are, are as effective. Yeah. So I, if you've ever heard me talk about self-care, which we probably, we did an episode about yeah, that. So. Um, but I think we think of these huge gigantic things and they can really be small. Like I just need a trip to the Bahamas and then everything <laughs> would be totally right. Hard, right? Um, but like, 
really, in all seriousness, like food is self-care. Mm. Um, you know, I think sometimes when we're stressed or busy, we neglect food. And then we're snappy with our spouse or our children. And that never makes it better, right? You're <laughs> never like, I'm super hungry. I'm going to be a much better person for that, right? right? And so sometimes it's just acknowledging like, I should eat breakfast or I should eat lunch. When I feed my kids, like I should also sit and eat. Um, staying hydrated, hydrated. Yeah, I was going to say that. Is self-care. I always joke at work, I can... On occasion, I've drank like a whole gallon of water because I just sit in a chair for like eight to 10 hours with a cup beside me that I can just refill refill all the time. When I'm at home, it is very hard to drink water because I'm not sitting and just having that cup with me. Um, I think self-care could be limiting caffeine. If you're finding yourself anxious... Don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're finding yourself anxious and then you're like, oh, because I'm drinking six cups of coffee a day, maybe dial that back. Like, and you could still have two or three, but like dial that Make back. Make one of those tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But like if exercise is important to you, could you do yoga with your kids? Cosmic Kids Yoga is our jam. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay. It's a great way to get your kids moving too. Um while the weather is still nice, like go for a walk, like a 20 minute or like walk your block. I'm an advocate for change of scenery. If you're finding yourself like stressed or anxious, really get out and walk your block and come back or get back to your front door and say, am I settled or do I need to walk it again? Again, that I think part of self-care is learning to listen to your body. What does your body need? Okay, it needs another walk around the block. Um, What we have continued to find is community. Like being with people is so life-giving. And it's really hard right now between work schedules and weather and all the things to make that happen. And I think we're also... You know, just the climate we live in, we know that the weather's going to get bad and we're not going to be able to be with people in the same way. And so part of that is being with people who are life-giving. And so doing that in a way that feels good to you. Um, I also think this may be the time that you say, I've thought about seeing a therapist for years and years, but now it's the time. It's a great time to do it. It is a great time because you could probably do telehealth if you don't want to leave your house. Um, Or, you know, maybe you've struggled with like getting on medication previously. Um, And this may be the time that medication is right for you. And there is no shame in that. Um, And so, you know, if you're at a place of like, I've been wondering, like, it's okay. It's okay to get mental health treatment. Again, if you had strep, you would get an antibiotic. Um, And if you are struggling to, you know, with your mental health, talk to your doctor. I'm not a medical professional, but talk to someone who is about the possibility of medication if if that could help. Um, But I think some of it is just really, like those to me may feel like bigger things. For me, self-care is drinking my whole cup of coffee in the morning while it's still hot. Like that 
Curry does not have, he like nukes his like three or four times <laughs> or like goes to put his cup in the microwave and his from the day before is still in the microwave. I definitely reach like stay at home parent status, <laughs> like no doubt. No, no doubt. Um, like the other silly thing is I started painting my nails. I have never in my entire life been that person and it is so calming to me to sit and paint my nails and it makes me feel weirdly like more put together than we'll link olive in june oh which is like your do they're my jam love them um but i just i think it's like what speaks to you even um reading i follow a podcast and her thing is just set a timer and read for 20 minutes a day and i think especially early in the pandemic, like reading had become my thing. I was reading quite a lot and I like I couldn't read. My brain couldn't settle. If I had thought about, oh, I'll just set a 20 minute timer and do this for 20 minutes, that probably would have helped me push through that rut. But instead I just like spun and spun and spun and spun. (laughs) And so I think part of it is just like, what are some small manageable things that would be helpful yeah I think that's super helpful uh I think that's something I'm still finding out for myself you know like yeah we just decided to tear out the basement but a lot of that is so I can have a place to work out like I used to you know and I've just got like some of these habits are so easy to just get out of Mm -hmm. and um just I think I think in parenting in marriage and in this sort of stuff like being creative and being willing to try something new is like one of the best things you can do. You know, it's always, it's this constant, like, this isn't working. I'm going to try something else, you know? And I think we don't always give ourselves, we keep trying the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. again. You Mm -hmm. know, I just think, I think I'd want to encourage everybody to like, try, try something different. And if it doesn't work, throw it away. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't try something else. Try something new. And, I think kind of along with that, like you also have to prioritize yourself. Yeah. Like the reality is, you know, whether you're in a marriage or a partnership, you may be waiting for that person to look at you and say like, oh, you're burnt out. Why don't you care for yourself? Like, which is great if that is your reality. And also like, it's okay to say, I need to step away. I need you to to wrangle the kids so I can walk around the block by myself. Um, But I I think part of that self-advocacy piece is hard because we just want to pretend that we have it all together. And so, you know, part of it is just saying like, I need something and I have enough value as a human within this family unit or relationship or work environment that I need to step away to care for myself so that I can come back and be a more productive member. Yeah. We should just put it out there. No matter who you are listening right now, you do not have it all together all of the time. Oh, for sure. You just don't. So (laughs) That's okay. It is okay. None of us do. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the whole point. So yeah. yeah. You feel like we covered it all? As 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 we always always do. As always. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us uh, at the Magic Table. We'll see you next time.